welcome back to another episode of Brain Buzz Podcast. I am your host, Drake Levere, and Kyle is still here. He's still here. He's, he's actually our guest today. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, it's going great. Thanks yeah. for having me. No worries. Yeah, I'm glad you can make it out for this. Um, this yeah, is, uh... I fought, fought traffic the whole way. It was pretty tough. But... Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I can tell. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. not. I'm not in the same room as you, but I'm sure you <laughs> you drove around your your parking lot for a while to get here. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was insane. I mean, <laughs> I've never seen traffic like that. Uh, stuff. <laughs> it's really tough on you know four o'clock four o'clock on a Monday. Yeah, it's, I'm sure the parking lot's pretty full. Anyway, yeah. um, we recapped last week uh, my work. Uh, and basically gave a little update because we wanted to kind of redo, a, you know, three years later where we've grown uh, or how we've grown uh, episode on the work that we do. So I'll offer, I'll offer a question. Yeah. Have, have we grown? <laughs> we'll find out over the course we'll of this out. episode, I guess, yeah, I guess whether so. or not you have grown. I, I mean, I haven't grown physically, if that's what you're asking. Um, <laughs> mentally, no, I, very different story. Um, we're going to be talking about your work. So what have you been doing? Has it changed since you, you know, since three years ago when our first two episodes? Uh, I will say for the basic general rule of thumb, probably not. <laughs> I yeah. mean, a, a lot, yeah. a lot is, is largely similar uh, with a, you know, a strong emphasis on understanding how uh, physical activity plays an important role in cognitive uh, cognitive function and cognitive ability over time. Right on. So, yeah. so that's good. That's good to hear. So what, uh, what have you been doing or what's the work that you've been working on? Uh, what have you found when it comes to exercise and cognitive ability? My work particularly has been focusing in on uh, trying to understand what's going on in this particular subset of the population where relative to other population groups, we really don't have as clear a picture. So what I mean by that is when we look at uh, the effects of physical activity over the lifetime, um, you know, the general trend is that we see this positive effect. And so, you know, we can encourage people to go out and be physically active because it's going to have downstream positive consequences uh, for their cognitive health. And this is especially true uh, for children and adolescents. Um, so okay. there's been a, a whole whack of studies that show Hey, yeah, if you, you know, if you get your kids out and they have more time at recess or they have more time in PE class and they're doing, you know, cardiovascularly uh, taxing things, you know, not like too taxing, but a little mm -hmm. bit of, you know, moderate exercise, um, then things like they're going to perform better at school. They've got better, um, they, they demonstrate better attentional uh, capacities, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so there's these really profound benefits to them. There's also another sort of population group that has seen a lot of research and I argue even more than children and adolescents and that's in older adult populations so sort of typically you can think of sort of seniors and I, I you know I caution against the use of that term generally these folks don't care to be called seniors um, mm -hmm. but older adults generally and and so there's been a huge body of literature that shows um, that by being physically active uh, over you know many months um, you can have really profound consequences for uh everyday cognitive function and performance so it's increasing their ability to to operate at a high cognitive level that's more uh, reminiscent of young adults um, which brings me to kind of where i am so mm -hmm. all that's to say hey we've got all this great evidence but young adults we really don't see these same consistent effects and so it's led people to wonder okay what's going on you know why is it that young adults aren't seeing um or aren't aren't you know sort of benefited by all this uh, positive positive stuff that's working in other groups right for the cognitive uh, cognitive ability right so i mean yeah yeah also also what do you what is young adults how do, you, how do you define these age groups so older adults are generally i think you can make an argument a really sound argument that sort of 65 plus 
um, would okay. qualify as being an older adult. Although that age range, that age range can really vary. It can be as low as you know, kind of fifty, and I think there'd be valid reasoning for that. Um, and if you look at the, uh, if you look at the developmental trajectory of the brain and its cognitive um, mapping, so. Uh, you know, if we were to measure somebody over the course of their entire lifespan, we can see how their performance on some sort of task would rise through childhood, plateau during young adulthood, and then start the slow uh, but steady decline through uh, their later adult period, right? So, so yeah, when we're talking about older adults, generally like 65 plus uh, children, adolescents, you know, 18 or younger, uh, and then this sort of period of adulthood that's marked by, you know, uh, cognitive maturity or, or uh, brain maturity uh, would be like 18 to, I guess, 65, if that's the other caveat. The other, the young, the other so, so it's either young or old? There's no medium? So who's who's the actual just adult here? So, so well, so yeah, that's, that's a wonderful point. My argument, the way that I really see it is if we want to talk about sort of maximal uh, cognitive health in terms of we don't really start to see decline then i would argue that 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 age range really lies from about 18 to say 35 or 40 okay um and and so my work particularly focuses uh, i'll admit i have to use a convenience sample largely convenient sample being uh people who are readily available for me to uh, access and study and so in the university research setting that's typically undergraduate students which is actually ideal because for me that is the population of interest right so right. young adults uh, yeah it's yeah young adults yeah, yeah exactly. usually yeah exactly and so so just almost by fluke more than anything else um, my research has really honed in on understanding you know what are the effects uh, in this population group and why aren't they as consistently found as they are in other uh, other age ranges right and so what um now that you know what age group you're looking at what what if any are the be the cognitive benefits of exercising as a young adult so are there young adults that are not exercising are they seeing differences in the way that they think compared to others that exercise more frequently yeah i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna sort of catch all this in the in that sort of yes but <laughs> you know okay. the important thing to kind of note here is that you know being physically active uh probably has some direct effects on our cognitive outcomes that we're measuring so for example uh we've got a paper that i'm in the middle of trying to actually submit mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh basically what we what we do is we are looking at how physical activity uh predicts uh academic achievement for these for uh, university students. And so what we did was we said, you know, we want you to tell us how much physical activity you did leading up to this exam. And this is an, a really good, uh, good model, because what's kind of interesting about it is that academic achievement is an obvious motivator for a lot of people. And so we can, we can encourage health behaviors by having these really, really impactful um, motivators as kind of our outcomes that we're mm -hmm. looking at. But so what we did was, you know, we, we have two studies and one of them show that the type of physical activity is actually really important. And so okay. uh, aerobic activity actually predicts uh, academic achievement outcomes, which I thought was really neat. Whereas resistance training, so like weight training, um, that kind of thing, it, it doesn't seem to predict outcomes as much um, or as strongly. So running and going for walks and things like that are better predictors of performing better on exams. 
Yeah, in this particular scenario, and, and mm. so there's actually a you know there's a number of papers and again uh, elsewhere with other age ranges and stuff like that that show that resistance training is really good. Um, and so that's not to diminish that, but a lot of evidence has has sort of honed in on aerobic activity as being important. Um, but what's also interesting is that we we did in a follow up study we found that physical activity didn't have. Uh, if we just lumped all the types of physical activity together, so we didn't look at uh, aerobic or resistance training, um, but we instead said, okay, let's just say how much physical activity you're doing, and we can assign that a number, um, like how many hours. In a week yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we use we use that, and then we look at the the kinds of physical activity they're reporting, um, and then the intensity of it. And we can come we can through a series of. Uh, you know, not terribly complex, but somewhat complex calculations. So we can come up with a single number to kind of quantify uh, the amount of physical activity this and, and how strenuous it was. And so anyways, what was interesting about all this is that that alone didn't, um, that didn't directly predict uh, academic achievement, but it did have an indirect effect. And so what I mean by that is that physical activity was actually related to other things like sleep, uh, sleep quantity or quality, I should say, and study, like the, the, the amount of time spent studying. And those were actually significant predictors of academic performance. So there's this really tangled web, I guess, is mm -hmm. what it kind of comes down to is, is and, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of where I'm going next is um, there are a lot of health factors and health behaviors. And I think if I were to ask you to list three of the kind of the big ones, I think most people would kind of arrive at physical activity, their sleep habits and their, uh, their dietary Diet, habits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, so these things are kind of intuitive and we know, oh, if I, you know, if I eat kind of like shit for a few days, I kind of feel like shit for a few days. Um, and that makes me not want to be exercising. And if I'm not exercising, then I'm not sleeping as well. And I, you know, and so the, there's this really, uh, there's this really tangled web really at the end of the day, what it is. And so that's kind of the next step is being able to understand, uh, and, and design investigations to look at how, how each of these independently and as, you know, combined, uh, how they really do impact our cognitive well-being. Right. So you're going to be looking into diet, sleep, and exercise kind of as three predictors of cognitive functioning. Exactly. Right. And I, I mean, that makes sense. That's, I, mean, I think, feel like that's what people have been trying to do for a long while, but it's interesting to be doing that in specifically young adults as well and looking at the specific types of cognitive functioning like you've been doing. Um, yeah, is that, is that what the population that you're planning on stick, sticking with is the young adults? I think so, and and I I I, I kind of want to stick with them for a couple of reasons, and and the first one is um, by and large, as I kind of alluded to earlier, young adults have, by all accounts, you know, mature brains that are functioning kind of at their peak capacities, um, and so in some sense, it's harder to it's harder to really see big bumps there because presumably your brain's already operating kind of as best as it will, um, which makes it challenging, but also exciting because when you do find that result and you do figure out, oh, this is the combination of things that are really predictive, um, you know, that's really cool. The other thing that I think is important out of all this is that um, we talked earlier about how long-term uh, or as you age, being engaged in long-term physical activity is important for your health, uh, cognitive health. Um, but a lot of research on things like habit formation suggests that, you know, habits are developed really early in life and especially kind of in periods of change and transition. So, you know, going to college for people or starting a job. And these are always areas where our health behaviors kind of take a hit, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
you go to college and suddenly you're you're studying all the time and you're partying a lot maybe and maybe you're not doing all the things that you would have been doing otherwise or you've given up some sports or or you know you're starting a family and so you you're not um you know you're busy taking care of your kids now and you don't have time to be as active as you once were and so but but if you develop these habits really early in life then they they have they're more persistent and you're able to maintain them over longer periods of time despite other things that would otherwise disrupt your your patterns of behavior so you know if we can encourage people to to you know take seriously their their health behaviors now um and we we show them really concretely how these are important uh, then hopefully we can we can save them headaches later on when they mm-hmm. they realize oh should i probably should have been doing this or that rather than sitting around doing nothing right so that's right. the hope that's the plan cool yeah no that sounds really interesting i mean i think that's it makes sense intuitively that habits formation is habit formation is really important um but uh going across those different you know different uh developmental stages right so going from adolescent to young adulthood to older adulthood keeping and maintaining those habits i can see as being obviously important for health but also you know interestingly and exactly what you're looking at is you know how we're going to be functioning cognitively and we've talked also with a couple other cognitive researchers previously on on the episodes uh about you know brain health and how healthy aging what healthy aging is and and uh and how important it is to be doing those primary prevention, what we call primary prevention, which is, you know, just managing those health behaviors, like you said. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned um, mention that because even though our work is very different, there's a lot of, uh, I see a lot of overlap and application of stuff that I'm doing, um, you know, into the health health area, right? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and yeah. And that's a huge part of health psychology is, is to, talking about how your health behaviors, right? So are you sleeping, sleeping well? Are you eating well? Are you exercising? The, the trifecta, as you talked about, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be predictive of a lot of outcomes, you know, and, yep. and so health related outcomes and cognitive functioning. So um, really cool work, Kyle. Um, Thank you. I think uh, that was a really good synopsis of what you've been doing. And uh, is there anything um, that you feel that you're really excited about coming up uh, for you, either personally, professionally? That you want our <laughs> listeners to know about? Uh, I, I, I have a few things in the pipeline, but I'm, I'm keeping them close to the vest right now, close okay. to the chest, because, uh, you know, you can always get scooped in academia. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're keeping yeah. it all, you're keeping it all hush hush. Fair enough. Hush hush. Right? For now, for now. One okay. day we'll, we'll, we'll redo this episode in a few, you know, <laughs> three years time, and, and I'll be able to talk about it directly. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to our triannual uh, review of how we're doing in research. Uh, yes. Th- this has been me fun. Too. I do uh, think that I am going to close this episode out now. This is new for me. So uh, <laughs> I am going to say thanks for coming on, Kyle. It's been fun. And you can thank you thank for you. having well, me. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, no, no, no. don't worry about it. Don't worry Sorry. about it. Yeah, it's good. No, no, no. <laughs> I thought you were even going to say thank you. Okay. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody. This will be our second episode out for season four. And then we next week, we will have, uh, there won't be a break. We Kyle and I decided to just jump these two together and kind of give you three ep- three weeks worth of episodes uh, all at once. And so next week, we're going to have Dr. Alyssa Croft on from the University of Arizona, and she specializes in work in social roles. And uh, we specifically talk a lot about gender roles. So how the gender that you identify as can really impact you know, the way that you act and the way that you feel in the society. Uh, and I think there's a really cool conversation on um, just all the effects that it has on the workforce and just your daily life. So we're really looking forward to having that episode out. Uh, and we're going to be publishing and recording episodes like Mad Men. Um, So (laughs) this is going to be a really fun season. I'm really looking forward to 
everybody being able to listen to it. Uh, and we're going to be engaging with you guys a lot more online and through social media. So please let us know if there's any researchers or research topics that you're really particularly interested in, because we will go and hunt those people down. Uh, we will find them wherever they're hiding uh, and we'll get them on our, our, uh, our podcast. So if you haven't already, check out our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at BrainBuzzPod. You can check our website out at BrainBuzzPodcast.com or send us an email. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been really fun. Thank you guys for joining us for this long. And I, we really hope to, uh, to see you in the next episode. Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers.